Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yeah, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Atlanta Falcons Fly Through, special edition show, um, part of my What the Game Means to Me podcast. Yeah, I got a special guest with me today. Of course, I had to get, not a Falcons fan, but I had to get, you know, just a fresh uh, insight, just, you know, outsider's opinion about, you know, what's going on with my team. Uh, got my off-the-ball brother and colleague, Stephen Gillespie, with me. Uh, how you doing today, sir? Man, I'm doing great. You're too kind. I'm not that special of a guest, but I, I do appreciate the love that you give me, man. And, uh, you know, I'm not a, a Falcons fan per se, but I do live in the state of Georgia. For those who don't know, I, I live in St. Mary's, Georgia. So, you know, I, I'm I'm around the team a little bit, somewhere between them and the Jaguars. I hear a lot about Georgia, Florida sports and being from Arkansas. It's new to me. It's foreign to me, but, you know, it it's sports. So I, I like to consume sports, man. So. Of course, uh, it's like Stevens is a Steven is a Rams fan. Maybe, um, mm-hmm. maybe not this season, but maybe next season we can convert you. You know, if you stay in the state of Georgia with this. <laughs> I've been a Rams fan since what? Oh, since two thousand. Yeah, so I, I'm probably not leaving anytime uh, yeah. soon. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they got to stick with the team through the through the good and the bad, and which I've is, been, uh, which I've is been what I'm having to times. do. Oh yeah, trust me. Yeah, we know the Je- the Jeff Fisher day mm-hmm. move and everything. So I mean. It's uh, it's been tough on you guys, but you know, you guys are coming around a little bit, coming off a Super Bowl appearance, and then uh, or Super Bowl appearance two years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, four and two record today. Showed had a pretty good game last night. You know, defense yeah. definitely stepped up for sure. So good thing for y'all, but you know, wish uh, wish I had some good news for my team, my squad, but we really don't have too much, too much to you know celebrate. Uh, after you know, Dan Quinn got let go, I was pretty happy where he was. You know, stepped in, did his job. Took them on the road and beat a team that we haven't beat since 2011. And I mm. thought that type of momentum would carry over to Sunday, of course. And it overall just didn't, you know, things didn't swing our way. And, uh, you know, I guess you can just be hopeful, but it just shows like it's, it's deeper than just a coaching change. Something else probably just needs to happen. And they just have to find a way to finish better. So, of course, uh, the big thing, the big news surrounding our game was, uh, of course, well, should Gurley have scored or not? You know, we saw him try to pull up before crossing the, uh, 
crossing the line and um, you know, saw the picture of the Lions got Lions guys like, yeah, touchdown, touchdown, because they knew they was gonna give their quarterback a chance. So of course I just wanted to talk about I first want to get your take on it, uh, of course, Steven. Should Gurley have scored? Well, sure. And this is just another way that, you know, me being a Rams fan ties into being on the show today, right? Because, you know, Todd Gurley being a former LA Ram, St. Louis Ram too, once upon a time. Uh, you know, just another just another reason why I should be here today. But um I I am not in the business of not scoring to for strategy. Like it's I don't ever think it's an effective strategy to not put point, points on the board. You know, I understand that, you know, Atlanta's defense is 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 not the best in the NFL. I understand that sometimes momentum, you know, it Atlanta should always look to score. Like every NFL team should look to score no matter how much time on the clock, you know, like it, you had a minute left. You're giving the ball to the Detroit Lions who, you know, let's face it, they're not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they're the Green Bay, but they're not one of these upper echelon teams. You know, it's I understand to an extent as to why people are thinking that he should not have scored. But with a minute left in the game, you're playing the Detroit Lions, you know, score, the score the ball, you know, like put points on the board. That's what you're paid to do. Let the defense do their job. You know, you're the running back. Score the ball. I and I totally agree with you. Like, I literally was uh, sitting there watching the the game with my um with my girlfriend, and she was uh basically like we were just watching it. And commentators were talking about how like basically they were kind of saying he shouldn't score either. You know, like before he let up and you know crossed the line, they were saying like he shouldn't have scored. You know, tried to you know hold back, of course, so they can just run down the time and keep the field goal to end the game. Mm-hmm. But I was telling her, I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine with him scoring. I said, I'd rather him have scored than not score because being Atlanta being Atlanta and the things we've seen this year, <laughs> anything could happen. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if they didn't score and exactly. they lost the game that way? Exactly. So it would have been even more of an uproar. So I'm like, I so I'd rather them have scored than put it in the hands of Cool has been good this year, but he's like two, three weeks ago, he just had a, uh, I don't know if it was a hamstring or it was some type of, you know, soft tissue injury. So mm-hmm. I was saying like, all right, what happens? He goes out there, he pulls something trying to kick the field goal. He, he you know, shanks it. And then what? <laughs> like everyone is literally the same concept. So I'm like, all right, I'd rather Gurley have scored because I'm giving, like you just said, Matthew Stafford, even though he is a very good and viable quarterback, he's been really good you know, for a long sure. time. He's actually healthy this year. I'm like, Giving it back to a, a Detroit Lions offense that isn't like a juggernaut of an offense, like Correct. they're very capable <laughs> capable of being stopped. Like we stopped them the entire game; they only scored one touchdown, and we held them to two field goals that second half. So I was like, "All right, what's one like what one more time for the defense to stop? They've been doing it the whole game. They can do it one more time with them having no timeouts and having to go seventy five yards with literally one minute left. They should be able to do it, right?" That was, that was my thought process. So I was like, "All right, Gurley, that's fine. You 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 scored. That, that's perfectly fine. And we got the two point conversion too. So it's like it's not like he scored and then we was only up by four. He scored right. and we got the two point conversion and they were up by six. So they still would have had to score and then of course kick an extra point to win the game, which obviously happened. But I was like, you know what? Like you just said, like I'm never in the business of not scoring like or put a game away, which essentially we weren't able to do because you know we were only up by one point or we weren't up by sorry we were down by uh, two. Point. So we're essentially able to put the game away, but we was able to put it to where, you know, it was a winnable game. Like, and I don't know, and that's what I was thinking about. I was like, all right, of course he tried to, you know, 
hold up and not score. And I think he's done it before against his Lions team in the past when he was with you guys. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking, yeah. I don't know if that was in the psyche of the defense's head. Like, they was like, oh, damn, now we got to go back out there and defend again. Like, and mm-hmm. that just threw off their whole, like I said, just their whole mental state to where it's like, all right, we got to go out there and stop them one more time. It shouldn't happen like that. And I was talking to one of my friends today, and he was saying, like, I just think, like, our defense is just mentally weak because stuff like that shouldn't happen. They, he had two right. long passes, one to Danny Amendola and then one to Kenny Galladay. And, like, literally, like I said, the game was just, just lost, like, out of hand. I think one thing happens, I think everything just unravels. They just, they just lose their cool and pressure moment. And, it, you know, it's just obviously just sad to see. But, like you said, I agree totally with you. We'll get to that next point about you know, just what to make of the Falcons defense that Gurley was fine to score. He was super hard on himself, too. I don't know if you saw it on the sideline, just yelling mm-hmm. and stuff, like, at himself. Like, super hard on himself because, like, I don't know. It's, like, all that kind of played into, like, literally what happened. Like, I just got to keep it cool. Like, it's fine. You score. You should be able to trust your defense to go out there and make one more stop. <laughs> yes. Like, the what's crazy is, like, when you look at the stats, I just pulled them up. You know, you got the Lions are only the 20th best passing offense in the entire NFL this year so like we said it's they got they got guys they got some dogs but i mean it's their 20th in the entire nfl but what atlanta was probably concerned with is that they're 31st in passing defense this year you know like they're only better right now than surprisingly the seattle seahawks are the worst passing you know defense in the nfl never thought i'd live to see that right but you know like we mentioned you Scoring should energize the defense, right? Like when you see like to like good NFL teams when an offense scores a clutch play like that and converts a two you know two point conversion, like mm-hmm. the defense is like, all right, fellas, let's go close out this game. You know, like when you see competent contending defenses, they should be energized. They're like, we only got one more minute. These guys got to drive, you know, 80, 75 yards against us. Like we can hold this team, you know, like. I don't. Yeah, I'm not exactly like you're perfectly. Like, you're, you're perfectly right because, like you just said, like that should fuel you to go out there and, like you said, just want to stamp the game, win the game for your team. But like I said before, which I'll bring it up now, you know, what do you, what do you even make of this Falcons defense? And like I just said, I just think they're personally. I know in spots we're young. Mm-hmm. Really, the only spots that we're super young in is our corners. Like we have two yeah. veteran free safeties back there. We have Deion Jones. Um, holding down the middle. I think he's been with us what four or five years. Yeah, um, he, he was Conn, drafted by year, that too. Uh, you know, first year starter, but he's been with us. You know, past yeah, he's been with us the past what two three years. But he's been you know a really good player this year. Honestly, it's been Deion Jones that's been messing up, giving up a lot of the big plays. And I think he gave up a touchdown yesterday as well. But mm-hmm. you know, like I said, we already knew coming into the season what our weak spot was going to be our corners because we got a first year and a second year. Well, it was a third year Isaiah Oliver. I'm glad we demoted him, got him out of there. He needs to be cut, gone, traded something yeah. sooner or later because I can't take it anymore. Um, yeah, Sheffield, and t- and, you know, Terrell Jr., yeah. Like, they've been, they've been, so yesterday they played okay. Like, they they played, said it, like, they scored one touchdown the whole game and the rest was just field goals besides the last drive. So, it's like, the defense, especially AJ Drew, he's been playing better, like, at least the last two weeks he's been playing better. Um, Sheffield came back from injury and has been, you know, placing that spot because Denard got hurt. Um, yeah. Right when he came back, so it's like he's been kind of forced to play that outside when he normally plays nickel, but he's yeah. been like I said, okay, is okay in the spot. Um, but just overall, like I said, we're not super young across the board. It's just in those specific spots. 
So it's like somebody yeah. has and somebody has to step up and just be a vocal leader. Like before they even, you know, take the field, like like you just said, kind of rally around each other. Like somebody has to be that voice and like, hey, we're not gonna let them score. We're gonna get this stop. We have one minute to shut them down. We've been shutting down the whole game. Let's go out there and do it. But like I said before, I think this just is a me- mentally weak defense and a mentally weak team. And I thought Raheem Morris, and I'm not saying it's like it can't happen anymore, but I thought I just thought the tide turned just a little bit. Like I said, seeing what they did last week and carrying it on into this week for most of the game, like we've been doing most of the year, playing pretty well and then just giving up the last few, the last minute of the game, just giving it away. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing I guess I, I did want to, uh, I guess, touch on the act. I don't know if you like saw the game or if you like know or see our defense or whatever. But like I said, just kind of like your thoughts on like what to make of the Falcons defense and, and what specifically, I guess, do you see as an outsider that needs to change like just overall? Well, I mean, I, I got the stats here pulled in front of me, right? Like the Falcons had more first downs than the Detroit Lions. They, the Falcons were seven of 14 on third down, which is excellent. The, the Lions were only three of 10. You know, the Falcons converted on, you know, one of two fourth down attempts. And the only time that the Lions attempted a, a fourth down play, they, they stopped it. You know, like the Falcons had 11 more plays than, than the Lions. Mm-hmm. They, had, they did have more penalties, but only three more yards given up via penalties. Um, and they had more time of possession, right? So they, they managed the game. They had the, they had the ball longer. So like when you look, if your team is better on third down, better on fourth down, you have, mm-hmm. you know, more plays than the other team and you lead in time of mm-hmm. possession, like typically that spells victory. You know what I mean? So like, yep. I don't know what else y- you could do on defense other than just execute. Like, but I mean, again, I just said three of 10 on third down. That's great defense. Mm-hmm. You know, like exactly. team teams Extremely accidentally good. get 300 yards passing in the NFL now. And, you know, even give getting 300 yards passing in the NFL isn't terrible defense anymore. You know what I mean? Like the 300 yards and you can win like that's still good defense. So, like, I don't necessarily exactly. know based off of just this one game what you can do to be upset with the defense. Now, like season long, I understand like you're 31st in, in passing yards. You have young cornerbacks and you have to have good talent at corner in order to succeed in a yeah. pass happy NFL nowadays. Right. So like you can't make these guys more experienced, right? Like, so you can hope and wish right now, but you have to evaluate what you have. You understand that you do have inexperienced cornerbacks right now. And even though that they're inexperienced, they're also not like top tier NFL talent right now. So like you, the best thing that you could do right now is maybe adjust scheme, maybe play more safeties instead of cornerbacks, maybe, you know, less down linemen and more people to defend the pass. Now that what that does is it opens up the run defense now. Right. So like you, and you already don't have, big linebackers in Atlanta right now, right? Like, you know, Deion Jones yep. is very fast. I, I'm going to butcher the the other linebacker's name. Um, you, you said it earlier that, uh, you know, the, the, oh, he's yeah. been in for... Aluakon. Yeah, Aluakon, yes, thank you. He He's he's young, he's fast, but he's not big. You don't have, you don't have run-stopping linebackers anyway, so taking yeah. away from, you know, your bigs, right? Like, it's... I don't know what you do, you know, like, 
you maybe look for trades right now. I think is the only viable, logical thing that you can do. Like there's news circulating now that certain players are possibly available in trade. I'm sure Atlanta would love to get a hold of some of the more experienced, you know, defensive talent that could be out there. Um, but like I said, for this game, you know, just you know, strap your boots a little bit tighter <laughs> for one minute. Like, I mean, you you did enough to win this game. You you did enough to win the game. It just comes down to execution. Okay, I said it better myself. <laughs> like you said, they probably need to hire you as a because you hit the nail around the head. Like they either need to change up some type of scheme to protect, like you said, those corners to to defend the pass a little bit better. Because like you said, I knew we were terrible. I didn't realize we were thirty first in the in right. the. So that means I don't even know unless it's the Jets. The last, then well, it's the Seahawks. Like I said, surprisingly, especially with two veterans. Oh, is the Seahawks? Oh yeah, 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 they are. I forgot. Yeah, (laughs) right. Totally forgot about that. But yeah, um, y'all are deep in safety too. Surprising, like yeah, because they got two veteran safeties as well. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I think I guess they got young corners too. But right, all in all, like you just said, overall, like our defense was, I guess, predicated like they drafted based off of like just said size, but speed. Like mm-hmm. what Dan Quinn and his regime wanted guys that were fast to the ball, like hard hitters, but fast to the ball, quick and fast to the ball. So no, like our front four, not not big. Our linebacker core, like you just said, not big. Our corners and safeties. I think Ricardo Allen might be shorter than me. He might be five nine or <laughs> maybe he's listed five, at five ten. nine. Like, yeah, on I think he's like five eight. Yeah. Regardless, I think he might be shorter than me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So across the board, we're not big. So it's like something. Some type of scheme has to be put in place to where, like you just said, it helps in the pass game and it protects our young corners a little bit more. But like you said, overall, it just comes down, like you just said, to execution. And for most to all the game, they executed pretty well. At least the game plan I thought they were going to put in place. And this is, I just remember the play to where I was like, oh, we for sure will win. Because, you know, as Mm -hmm. a Falcons fan, we've seen our fair share of losses that shouldn't have happened, especially this year. (laughs) And I think it was the first play. They, they threw it to Hawkinson, and Hawkinson wasn't able to get out of bounds. Like, A.J. Terrell made, like, a veteran-like move and kept him in. Like, didn't make mm-hmm. the tackle, but he hit him and kept him in, and then someone else swarmed him to basically keep him in bounds to run some time off the clock. I was like, wow. Like, that's a veteran-like move. That's, like, that's, that's smart. presence. Like, he, he was mentally there on the play, like, to keep him in bounds. Yeah, it was just smart. So I was like, okay. And it took, like, 10 seconds off the clock. Ten, like, somewhere between 10, 10 and 12 seconds off the clock. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, we'll – that for sure, like, I was like, all right, yeah, we should be fine. We should be good. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, 30, like, around, like, 40, 30 mm-hmm. to 40 seconds left now. So, I was like, we should be fine. Nope. <clears throat> like, it just is two two long pass plays. And I'm still a little, I'm not even going to lie. I'm still a little skeptical of Kenny Galladay catching the other one. I swear, yeah. I kept trying to find replay and look close and zoom in. I was like, I swear the tip of the ball touched the ground. But, you know, that's a bang-bang play. It was nothing. They've been given they a lot of players that call lately. Stuff. It did go to a booth review. Yeah, they've been given they've been given this yeah. little bounce catches so, to I a mean, lot of been, players. Yeah, and, and I couldn't even take away from it. it. It looked like it was a good catch, but regardless, even then they had two seconds, and I know Matt, not Matt, yeah, yeah, Matthew Stafford. He knew obviously just a veteran move to spike it and get the right play that they needed mm-hmm. to. And like I said at the end, I think Deion Jones was the one that gave up that touchdown. But right. Yeah. All in all, like I said, we've already talked about it. Gurley scoring was fine. You just have to be able to execute down the stretch. And I don't know. Like I said, it's probably exactly what needs to happen, what you just said. If it just entails, because obviously they weren't going to run. They wasn't going to run that whole last drive. Like all it was going to be is pass, 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 pass. So it's like, mm-hmm. 
yes, I know typically I think we're a team predicated off of playing zone, but like you said, have three rushing maybe, four linebackers that linebackers that can play coverage, all our linebackers can pretty much play coverage, have them in coverage, and let the backside, like obviously not play super deep, but you know, I don't know, not a prevent defense, but I almost felt like they were playing a prevent defense because there was so many holes, like mm. so many holes that they kept, you know, like I said, Danny and then to Kenny Dalladay, that shouldn't, it just shouldn't happen. But right. just moving on, um, wanted to talk about, of course, now is the season of wash. I was expecting this. This is our soft, soft part of our schedule, um, playing Carolina two times, playing Detroit, and then also playing, uh, I believe, the Raiders. Um, coming mm-hmm. up, so I was like, "All right, this is the more softer part of our schedule. We should be able to string together some wins to where we can get ourselves back into possible playoff contention." But now, instead of a two and five record, we're looking at one and six. Um, so, kind of, what do you see? I know probably the outsiders are probably saying our season is watched in the Dallas game, but you know, I've had hope. I said that we're in it until we're mathematically out of it. So, mm-hmm. kind of, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Is our season a wash or? What, what what should we focus on? We should be uh tanking for Trevor or Justin, whoever whoever may be uh coming up. So what do you think? Well, I mean, one in six, you're you're behind the Saints and you're behind the Bucks. I don't think any of those teams are gonna be losing anytime soon. It's crazy to me that I think the season is over. You know, you y'all are behind the Bucks, y'all are behind the Saints. Uh your defense is thirty first in passing in the NFL. The 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 defense overall isn't great, and just the energy of the team right now is is a uh, it's down. You know, like it's not just numbers now; it's morale, it's attitude. You know, it's it's there's so much that needs to be fixed, even just beyond scheme. Uh, the the coaching change looked good for a game, and afterwards, uh, you know, in this game, it doesn't even look like coaching is the issue anymore, and it doesn't look like the offense is really the issue either it's i just don't know if the talent really equates to you know what what the production is you know on paper y'all look great right but in actuality it just doesn't seem like it fits you know with with being competitive right now in the league got to focus on next season what well, um i guess what prediction do you may have for us uh what coaches uh i don't really know whose gm uh name candidates are in the breath but coaching wise who do you uh you think we should be focusing on the most Ah man, like that's tough. I mean, the easy answer is what the enemy out of out of Kansas City, yeah, right? Kansas like City. Yeah. that that's that's everybody's you know go to easy fix. Uh, I I don't know who else is available. You know, I don't think that uh that uh I think Atlanta is a tough pick right now for um a, a college you know a college to pro um yeah. candidate. I think that it's going to be really hard to lure out like an established uh you know college coach. Um, you know, obviously, I think that you kind of truly need maybe someone who is, uh, you know, just kind of like almost I hate to use the word retread, but like maybe someone who is like more defensively minded um, on this team, because if you could just get a, a good offensive coordinator with mm-hmm. the with the the horses that you guys have on offense, like y'all should be fine on that end. But we need someone to to, you know, establish an effective defensive scheme with the players that you have. And then, you know, work with the general manager, obviously, on, on drafting talent that that fit a, um, you know, the scheme that that head coach wants to establish. Now, the, the problem with that is, right, is that, you know, defensive minded coaches kind of run a, you know, just a run it down your throat offense. 
So, you know, it would have to be someone who says, look, I'm going to get a creative offensive mind to come in and, uh, you know, make all the decisions. He, he's just going to let me know what he wants to do. I'm going to just bottom line it and I'm just going to focus on defense. Or maybe you get an Eric B and and maybe, uh, a, a sound like almost like a Wade Phillips, Wade Phillips. type yeah. type type guy mind who could come in and just work on that defense without the expectations of you know running a team himself. You know, totally agree. And a bit, yeah, Benjamin is my hopeful pick. Um, I was hoping <laughs> if Raheem Morris was uh able to you know, which he still has a chance to. I mean, I don't. He does. Loss kind of may put a blemish on as a, this loss is going to put a blemish on um you know his hopes and his resume to possibly be our next head coach. But you know. That that was who I wanted. I think that's what we're gonna be able to keep Todd around because I know this was just a pit stop for him to earn more money somewhere else. And mm. our cap space situation is already terrible, you know. Right. With Matt and Julio and Deion Jones and Grady Jarrett, you know, yeah. and all those guys. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know if there's any way to fix around money for Todd. And I don't even know if he wants to stay after what he's been. Saying. Nah. Um, I it, <laughs> and I forgot we played Jonathan Valerie as well. Yeah, so definitely be a tough sell. Like just because it's home don't mean nothing. Like he can find home. That's his home because yeah. like other players do. That's their home in the off season. They'll go somewhere else and you know win some games with some championships. So I don't know. See him coming back. There's but, some teams close to Georgia that he could go play for and still be competitive. You know exactly. So I don't think he's really worried too much about that. Even Miami. Look, if they. If they finish strong, they have a pretty good, you mm-hmm. know, finish to the season. They have, I think, they still have a good amount of money to spend next year. Their defense yep. is playing. They're well. a young team. Two of young them plays great. Yep, exactly. So who said they don't pay him? But I guess to get back on, um, you know, back a little bit. Uh, like I said, coaching wise, and that's why I was also happy I didn't earlier, but that they fired the GM uh, Mitrov as well because yeah. I felt like these last few drafts he hasn't been hitting on the true talent that's been out there. Like he's been reaching right. with a lot of this. There have been a good, you know, a few good ones here and there. Even like I said, Lil Connie's up and coming. He's been really good for us. He's been yeah. playing like a veteran, like he's been starting for a, a while um, so far. His start or his first year starting in the system. And then Deion Jones, you know, he's been pretty good for us the last few years. The injury, I think, last year kind of set him back. He hasn't really been the same. Yeah. Um, and like I said, just he's going to need about a year to get there, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, I think it's still it's mental, mental thing because it, it was a foot injury and it kept him out for a while. But yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I'm glad Dimitrov also was gone. Like was gone also with uh with Dan. And like I said, I don't really know the names of you know GM candidates that they're you know, looking at right now. But just coaching wise, I feel like you know they need to get like you just said someone that has like a way to look like feel to them to where like I said they're just gonna come in and drill deep. And, like just because mm-hmm. that's just like what that's all we need really. Like offense. The offense typically comes into its own. It forms and like they're able to, you know, gel and bond. And that's been the side of the ball that's had the most continuity anyway. Right. Um, being the most healthy out of our, you know, both sides of the ball. So I don't know. I, I personally, like I said, I'm just gonna keep hoping faith alive. Like, you know, we're about to talk about it now. What we should expect Thursday. But like, if they lose Thursday, then I'll for sure be like, all right, we're done. Because that's what I was like last year. You know, even with our bye week was what week nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was one and seven, and then that's all. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, one and seven. Yeah, so. But if we go two and six, who knows? <laughs> yeah. But um, real quick, you know, before you know, our last few thoughts and everything, maybe talk about uh, Stephon Gilmore name circulating in trade. Um, what do you expect from them on Thursday? We were able to luckily stay relatively healthy, which we're no- normally not able to do before mm-hmm. on on a short week. So. 
pretty much everyone stayed healthy and we're getting a few bodies back from the COVID list. So what do you uh, expect from them on Thursday? Well, I know the the Panthers are their opponent and the Panthers should be getting, you know, one Christian McCaffrey back and, you know, they're still, they're still trying to figure out their offense as well, right? Like they just got rid of uh, Seth Roberts, I believe. And rumor has it that he's going to be up in green Bay here soon. So keep an eye out for that just NFL wise. But um, in this matchup, I, I think that, you know, it's just so tough. I mean, if I had to bet, if I had to bet money, I would almost just bet Carolina because they just only lost by three points to the Saints, right? And that's a, that's a yep. So I mean, they were in that fight. So you're, both teams are really coming off of you know pretty hard hard losses to take, right? Where you know you did everything almost that you could to win. It's just you know execution down the last stretch. You know it, it, it fell apart. Um, I don't know. I think. Both teams obviously were going to be coming into here hungry for a win. You know that probably sounds cliche, but um, I don't know. I expect. I don't. I I hope for you know heart. I hope for fight. I hope for a team that is going to come in and say, you know, we're going to rebound. You know, we're still going to try to push as much as we can for a playoff spot. But you, know, it's it's just it goes beyond just coaching, right? When you're in professional sports, like the owner may be right now, like you know what, like let's just get a draft pick let's focus on the future you know all it takes is an owner to come in and say this is what you're doing if you want to keep your job you know what i mean so um <laughs> it's not just always up to the players unfortunately but um i don't know i would expect uh, carolina to come in here and and win unfortunately you know jelani i hate to say that on your show man because you're my brother but it's yeah i would expect carolina to yeah, I would I would expect Carolina to win, but I would hope that Atlanta comes in, you know, with their heads high, you know, because like I said, I I went down the the stats and they did they did almost everything possibly that they could to win that game, you know, just execution down the stretch. I, um, I totally agree with you. Um, I and I know this is a away game for them. Like I said, fortunately, we were able to stay relatively healthy. Um, mm-hmm. so divisional opponent. And, you know, the first game that we played against them, like, it didn't, it never really felt like we were in it, but it felt like we should have won it. But, like, that was one of the games that didn't play that great. And he missed Hayden Hurst a few times in the end zone and threw a, mm-hmm. a very, very bad pick um, when it could have cut the score down, I think, to, like, four and we'd have had a chance to, uh, you know, basically had a chance at the end of the game to win it. But all in all, I'm, you know, hoping – Obviously, I'm going to be hoping for a win. But like you said, there's other things that can be out of the players' control and, you know, how the coaches control as well to where I'm hoping, like, yeah, obviously, it's like this would be week eight, middle of the season. You know, if we do win the game, we'll be two and six. You know, mm-hmm. how, many team, how many teams are we chasing for the wild card spot right now? You know, NFC West as a whole, we're chasing them. You know, they have two, what, five and five and two teams. All their yeah, teams uh, four are four teams. wins. Yeah, all their teams are four wins and exactly. up. Yeah, above five hundred. And then, um, you know, Chicago and Green Bay. Like Chicago probably has a little wild card spot now that they they lost their five. So it's like so many teams that we're chasing. To even the entire NFC East. Wild card spot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if we was in the NFC East, maybe I'd have even more hope. Like I would for sure bet bet on us to win that division if we were in that uh you know in that mess. But. Mm-hmm. All in all, I guess I'm hoping for a win. Like I say, hopefully they're able to. They were able to stay relatively healthy, so maybe that helped some way, shape, or form. Maybe they're able to build off the good things that they did in Minnesota. And like you said, 
in the game uh, Sunday, they did pretty much everything they were supposed to do in order to win the game, you know, down the stretch. Maybe just execute, even execute a little more on offense because there were possessions that just stalled out. Like, pretty much that whole second right. half was stalled besides, like, the last five minutes of the game. You know, obviously, they kicked two field goals, and then we were able to go down and score eventually. But, you know, they have to execute on both sides of the ball. They got to be more sound with their technique, and they just got to be more sound as a unit. I'm going to say, and just, I don't think it's going to be able to happen this year, but mentally, they just have to, they have to work on it. I don't know if there's a psyche class I can go to or, or what it may take. Um, I don't know if they're still thinking about, of course, the 28-3, even as recently as this year, you know, 20-0, 26-10, everything that they've mm-hmm. been, been through. Um, obviously, I know that takes a toll mentally, but, you know, sometimes... I think players just need a new new location, man. Like, that's really exactly. what it is. I think that they've endured too much heartbreak together, and it's like... Mm-hmm. How much can like and they're hearing the same voices. I mean, even more exactly. is coming in. You know, he's this. He's he he's was a part of the, it. Yeah, exactly. He's been yeah. since five for five years. So it's like, yeah, the same people, same voices. Yeah, right. I just, I just think that you know, it's it's time for guys to kind of go their separate ways, and it's time for Atlanta just to, you know, build for the future. You know, try to, and it's not that the guys that you have, like yeah. you have talent, right? Like it's almost like the Dallas Cowboys. I hate to compare you to, right? But like you have. You know, Matt Ryan is a great quarterback, you know, most most times, more times than not, he's a great quarterback. You know, Gurley's a great running back. You know, Julio Jones is an all-world receiver. You know, Daniel Jones is a great linebacker. You know, you have Grady Jarrett's a great defensive lineman. Like, these guys, just for whatever reason, like, it, it's, like I said, it's more than X's and O's with this team right now. It's it's the mental. It's the heart. You know, it's, they they just, they all need you know, they just need to kind of go their separate ways. I think they've done as much as they can together, you know, at this point. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if you were just, you know, playing if you were to say we all of our stars, kind of like the ones that you named, like, uh, you know, Deion Jones, Grady Jarrett, um, Keanu Calvin Hill, Ridley. Yeah. Calvin Ridley. Obviously, I know we weren't going to trade him because that's yeah. kind of coming up to my question. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and just throw Calvin Ridley in there just because. But out of the, I guess, all of our stars, like those three kind of on both sides of the ball that name, which ones would you, you know, try to trade, I guess, in hopes of what you would expect to get back from it? Well, I think on offense, right, uh, Julio Jones is the easy answer. As much as, you know, teams always need a quarterback, I think Matt Ryan, you're not going to yield as high as a return on, right? Because, you know, most teams have a decent starting quarterback already. Like, there's not very many teams that have a, a, a bad starting quarterback, like maybe five to seven in that range, you know, just guessing off the top of my head, right? Um, there's not very many teams that are just dying to have a quarterback, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks that don't have a Julio Jones to throw the ball to, right? Like there's, I would say that there's probably more skilled quarterbacks in the NFL right now than there are true number one receivers, right? And you see what Tampa Bay is doing right now, adding weapons around that you know the the ravens are kicking the tires right now on des bryant hopefully just to get you know lamar jackson another guy to throw the ball to you know so it i would i would say that julio jones on the offensive end probably gives you the most right now as far as you know um draft capital right if you're wanting to get a trade and then defensively i would say you know kind of pick your poison you know if I was building a team, like if I'm focusing just on my Rams right now, I would get Deion Jones in a heartbeat. You know, could you imagine Donald Jones and, and Ramsey and, you know, as your 
you know, big three on the defensive end. Like he, he can do a lot for you on a defense. And I think that he's asked to do probably a bit too much. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's why he's having down season is because, you know, not everybody can be a Bobby Wagner. Not everybody could be a Luke Keachley. You know what I mean? Like he's got the, he's got the speed and he's got the build for it, but like he's wearing too many hats in the run stopping and the, in the, in the, you know, pass coverage department. So, and there's not a lot of other guys that can do that are as versatile as him on that defensive end. So I think that he would, and he's young, right? Like that's the other thing, you know, even coming off an injury, he's got, he's got this year to kind of recover and see where he's really at. But, you know, you expect him to be a little bit healthier next year. And, um, he just does so much for a defense that I think if you if you add him to an already comp- more competent defense, you could probably get you know I would say easy a second rounder for him. I agree. I think um, like you say our defense he just wears too too many hats. But like you say, there's not many versatile linebackers out there, and he's under contract too. I forgot. I think we gave him some type of deal mm-hmm. last year. I forgot how uh, how many years of the extension it was. Probably two, like what, three or four. So. He's under contract for a while as well. So, I mean, yeah. was the the trade deadlines on November 3rd? I probably don't expect them to do anything with him this year, but who knows? Right. So, to say, maybe in the offseason or before the draft. Um, but they may want to keep him because how young he is. And, like you said, they just paid him. So, I mean, outside of that, maybe maybe Jarrett is a, is a guy that, you know, that a team is looking at that has a good secondary that needs someone to help put pressure on the quarterback and stop the run. You know, so, like, He's another guy, and that's what I'm saying. You're kind of splitting hairs when you're looking at the defensive end because between those two, I think they're about neck and neck as far as you know, um, you know, tradeability for a lack of a better word. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I guess while we're on the uh, subject of trade, I know we talked about a little before before we got on, um, and the guys in the group message said it as well. But you know, they've been shopping uh, Stephon Gilmore's name, and I obviously don't expect him to land in Atlanta because of our cap situation. And wouldn't that be nice um, though? Yes, I don't think we have very, yeah, we don't have very many uh, assets to give up. But um, I guess one, I guess first question, what do you expect the team that may um, I mean, bring him in? What do you expect them to have to give up in order to acquire him? And, and then I guess the second one would be like, what teams, of course, do you expect or have you heard? Um, I know we talked about the Bucks and Dolphins, but any other team that may suit his talent? Um, I mean, any team could use a a, cor- a shutdown cornerback i mean like this dude is is phenomenal you know he's been consistently one of if not the best cornerbacks in the nfl year in and year out um it would atlanta if you if you're listening and you can pull it off do it you know like he would definitely improve your 31st passing defense up at least one more spot you know just jokes aside though i think that um you know he could command a, a, a second or a third round draft pick. I think I would be extremely careful about giving up a first round draft pick unless I'm a team like uh, Jacksonville or Miami that has multiple firsts that you can kind of gamble on, maybe trying to convince him to stay that you're willing to pay him. Um, you know, he's already got some, you know, some Super Bowl hardware. So I don't know how much you can sell him on the idea that like, Hey, if you take a pay cut and come play with us, we can give you a Super Bowl because he's already got that. You know, maybe he's more um, interested in earning a little bit more money more than anything else. Since he, like I said, he's already won a Super Bowl, so I don't know that Tampa Bay can commit to him long term and give him that much money with all the other mouths they got to feed there. Um, you know, maybe Miami is the suitable choice because you know, in typical Snowbird fashion, all these New England 
you know, players are going down to Florida to retire, you know, and, and Miami is a team on the come up. They're already better than the Patriots as far as standing goes this year. Um, and Miami has two firsts. Not only that, but they have two seconds, you know, so maybe they could, you know, package one of those seconds and maybe like a fourth and a fifth to, or, you know, the, the following year, maybe another draft pick. So, um, they ha- they have the picks to be able to do it. I would actually kind of low key love it if you went to Miami to kind of help usher in, you know, this new wave of Miami team. But I mean, yeah. pick your pick pick your spot. Like you know, Houston, I'm sure would love to have them. Tennessee, I'm sure Tennessee. would love to have them. Um, Baltimore, you know, pairing him up yeah. with you know Humphrey would be nasty. Um, Buffalo, I don't think that. And that's the other thing too is like, does New England trade him? You know, inner division. You know, do they trade him to a Buffalo or a Miami where they got to face him two times a year? You know, so it's 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 really hard to pick a spot. You know, but as far as teams that could use him, you know, thirty one other teams could use Stephon Gilmore. You know, to be honest with you, exactly. Um, just say, even with y'all having Ramsey, um, oh, sure dude, you, I wish yeah, <laughs> Ramsey and Gilmore. Especially with that front four and the way they played yesterday, as long as if golf got his stuff together, y'all would be don't get my heart right back in the Super Bowl. I don't Um, trust. Oh yeah, but do you see any situation? I don't think it's going to be one of those type of situations. But you know, we've seen sometimes you know teams try to you know vet a trade for a specific guy. But this is New England. They typically it don't matter what. They sometimes they'll take whatever. But do you see a situation to where they cut them? And then he gets to just specifically just sign anywhere he wants to go or not at all. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't rule it out. You know, um, they, it would be foolish though. And I don't think of Bill Belichick as a mm-hmm. foolish guy um, just to not get anything on return for him. You know, like I think new England is kind of starting to realize that like, especially with most of their defensive people, you know, opting out, you know, for COVID purposes this year, I think they're realizing that, you know, they are the cupboards a little bit bare, you know. A lot of expectations were put on Cam Newton, and you know, I'm, I'm still rooting for him, but um, I think that they realize that they need as much, you know, bites at an apple in the draft as they as they can get. I think it would be foolish for them to cut him, yeah. I think so as well. But like you pretty much like you said, it was like there was a lot of news, you know, swirling around with the Patriots during the offseason, especially once they got Cam. But mm-hmm. I'd always remember, I for I was thinking about of course their defense and how many people had opted out like literally their entire starting starting <laughs> 11 on defense were, were gone so i was like that's that and he, they still didn't you know acquire really any weapons for them they cut sanu um and what else oh and then all their running backs pretty much just got hurt so it's like they really you know, like, the talk was just cam 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 but i'm like all right they have no defense and they have no weapons for them just like brady they had Buffalo. no weapons for him. That's why he wanted to leave. So, so I just kind of left with what you got. But like I said, I just wanted to play that but I could see. Because, you know, sometimes you'll see it here and there. Like, maybe I'm cut the other day right. or obviously the other week. So we didn't expect them to you know, outright cut them. I thought they would try to, you know, feel some trades. Or they did probably feel some trades and then get anything that they liked in return. But like you said, Belichick is not a foolish guy. So I doubt that would ever happen. But it will be interesting to see where he goes. Just praying and hoping it's not the book. Or the Chiefs. Oh yeah, forgot them as well. Or the Chiefs. Like, but the Chiefs one of those like, shut down cornerback. Oh my goodness. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, I feel like if, if <laughs> out of the two, if he was to go to either one, it probably would be the Chiefs. And you know, it's just a wrap at that point. You know, might as well mark certain teams. Um, 
in the Super Bowl and just Pittsburgh. What about wait Pittsburgh? Next year. You're right. You keep building on Pittsburgh and you keep opening my eyes even more and more. I've been seeing, obviously, they've been a great team, but each and every week, they, they're proving you right and you're just convincing me more and more. And I think I said it in the article that is either getting posted today or tomorrow that, you know, they might be the they might be the AFC representatives in yeah. in this year's Super Bowl, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. They just lost Bush, their linebacker, so let them mess let them mess yeah. around and get Stephon Gilmore. But even it, you know, even with that, it does hurt them for sure. But their their backups, like I said, they just that it's just that culture. Like they it, they don't really skip a beat. You know what you say? Even yesterday, they they jumped out yeah to an early lead. Quick early lead, they you know let the door back open for the Titans to come back in, which I knew they weren't just going to put them away. But right. you know, it just they, they just show like on all on all three phases that they're you know they're a great team as long as mm-hmm. Bing did doesn't get hurt. The sky is really the limit for them. You know they have a tough matchup uh, with the you know, with Baltimore's upcoming weekend, but also Baltimore has a tough matchup with them. You know, being that they're the second ranked rush defense and what does Baltimore yep. predicate themselves on running so. I don't know. It will be interesting for sure to see. Thank you again, Stephen. You know for you know hopping on the show, giving you know outside uh, perspective on my Falcons and you know everything that we need to do and you know what you just see you know from a fresh perspective, from fresh eyes. So appreciate you again for hopping on for sure. Um, you know, of course, plug your shows. Uh, I know you're putting out a lot of great work. You know, I've seen and read it, and of course, I know my audience is you know see and read it as well. Of course, I know they also follow. Um, you know, off the ball network, but of course, you know, just plug your show and let everybody know what you've been working on and where they can find you. Yeah, great. And and Jelani, man, thanks again for having me on. It's it's good to finally be on your show. You know, I've I've been a fan of, of what you do for a long time now, brother. And and you know, seeing all the written work that you're doing on top of you know just being a great podcasting personality is you know just it's it's awesome to see, man. I'm I'm really proud and you know honored to be on your show today. Um, you know, as for me, Appreciate you can follow, dude, anytime. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Steven BTG. That BTG stands for Breaking the Game, which is the name of the NBA podcast that I co-host with my guy Austin Carr. Um, you know, we have a show lined up Thursday where we're going to be um, working with actually a guy from uh, the HoopsProspects.com, um, Lee. There, um, you can follow him on Twitter at Witch Carolina, and we're just going to be talking about some NBA draft stuff. Um, he was just on. Um, our president Chris LeBron show on um you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah on on that radio show um and we got some written work up you know we did our um, way too early power rankings and we have an article that should be dropped in here soon about um you know our way too early NBA awards that we're looking forward to and you know we have a new show that is going to be coming out every Saturday called See You Sunday where we you know analyze the the coming weeks uh you know in NFL games, which Jelani, you know, you've, you've been a part of and honor to have you there. But, um, yeah, go check out off the ball network.com for all your sports needs, you know, NFL, NBA, you know, baseball, res- whatever, college, it, it's all up there. It's all good stuff. So, yeah, go check out the site. Of course, of course. Um, like you just said, um, all my work in, you know, articles, uh, different podcasts, you know, shows, like you said, our exclusive See You Sunday, and even my work um, with this Atlanta Falcons slide through will all be on there. So, of course, go check out everything on Off the Ball Network. You already know where to find me, and you see the social medias right there: uh, Twitter and uh, or not Twitter, sorry, Instagram and Facebook. What the game means to me, and then Twitter, WTG and podcast as well. Um, appreciate you guys, and of course, like I said, Stephen for holding it down through these technical difficulties I was having today. Um, but again, appreciate you. Appreciate all the work that you're putting out. Appreciate you for having me on the show. And of course, though, you can catch us 
probably um, if not sooner, uh, probably on you know Saturday on on see you Sunday um, next episode or the second episode. And appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thank you guys again. Um, it's another Atlanta fly through. Hopefully uh, Friday. Yeah, so hopefully Friday I'll have better news or you know a little bit more funk in my talk I'm about stop instead of another defeat. I need I need you to Thank be happy. You, I, I appreciate it. You know I need we need to be happy, man. Yeah, we need as much. Uh, I know. I was like, I, I, I've been having to find it elsewhere. You know, I thought that coming into the season, I thought I was going to have a lot of joy on Sundays, but you know, it just, I guess, goes with the theme of 2020. You know, being yeah. disappointed in certain aspects, and you know, just being sad. But you know, you got to find the brightness in, in certain things. So I just made this, you know, for an outlet to you know talk about, just to get my feelings out there, and hopefully they'll see it and maybe they'll gather around each other and like, you know what, let's win one for uh, Jelani on Thursday. So. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you again. Uh, hope you guys have a good night. Yeah, much love, everybody.